It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Touchdown, Los Angeles. You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Rams Nation, what's happening, what's good? This is your host, Bear Motter of Rams Podcast, but this is Locked On Rams. It's the Tuesday edition of Locked On Rams. I'm stoked. We got a great guest today. Brian Peacock from Locked On 49ers will be talking to us. We're going to have a little Locked On crossover with him and talk some NFC West. Going to pick his brain a little bit about their draft and uh, some of the new additions like Richard Sherman and what are real expectations coming and how everyone matches up in the NFC West. So a lot of good stuff to get to uh, with him coming up. Before we jump into that interview, the Rams were actually back out on the field on Monday. They did a morning walkthrough, followed by an afternoon practice. Sean McVay said it was a nice taste for some of these guys to understand what training camp is going to be like when you get the morning session, come back for some afternoon work. So he liked that aspect. said everyone's still putting out really great effort, doing smart about staying healthy. That's their biggest goal coming out. He had mentioned was just getting to the next phase healthy. And we've already seen a couple injuries. We've seen some people back. He spoke again on Greg the Leg about how we are kind of working him back into uh, being fully healthy. He's getting some action. But again, said he loves the opportunity that some of these other guys are getting and stepping up for injury. It's something that's going to happen in the regular season. So guys like Sam Ficken getting out there and getting to kick in some what he called pressure situations in practice, uh, he saw as as a good experience. He also mentioned Torrey Holt was joining practice all week. He was going to be hanging out with the wide receivers, coaching and uh, talking with those guys, giving them some experience. He was really excited about having him around, said he's really built a good relationship with him over the past year and a half. Obviously, we know Rams Nation, what Torrey means to this organization and what he's done in the past and the knowledge he has in that position. So great, great experience for these guys, you know, especially the young ones like Cooper Cup and Farrell Cooper and you know Robert Woods getting a chance to kind of pick the brain of Torrey Holt. So really excited to have him involved. And then we kind of touched on the, the tight ends during the press conference. He was asked about where we thought we were going to go and, you know, are they getting better as a group and was anyone standing out? He did mention Gerald Everett was a standout during the offseason when he came back. He said he looked great. He was ready. He was kind of strides further than he was last year. And then he mentioned Higby, said he just kind of picked up where he finished off. The nice thing he loved about Higby is that not only could he go and catch the ball, but he really improved as far as in the run blocking, and now they could use him uh, first down, second down, third down, instead of just plugging him in in certain plays or situations. And then the addition of having Tameric Hemingway back. I think we're all excited to see really what Hemingway is capable of. We didn't get to see too much of him. Uh, when he was drafted that first year, and then obviously the injury was out all of last year. So he's excited about you know his side speed and the way that he can catch the ball. But again, said that another guy that's shown really big improvement as far as pass blocking. So something to look out for. Uh, when asked about AD, he dodged that question pretty, pretty quick. He said he hasn't had a chance to talk to Aaron Donald recently to really ask him what his plans are as far as training camp coming up if he's going to come without a contract or if he will hold out uh, until he gets that contract and then really didn't speak on uh, whether they were in contract talks where they were close or not he pretty much said I can't answer that question because I haven't talked to Aaron and moved on to the next one so well done there coach I don't blame you that one's got to get old at some point but uh, as the press guys were saying this may be our last chance before we we get to talk to you before 
training camp. So they were going to ask that question one more time. And I understand it, but uh, he did a great job of dodging that one. So that's just kind of the quick recap of what happened today at practice and coaches press conference. Before we get to the interview, I want to talk to you guys really quick. Remember the days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Yep, that's right. I'm talking about that right now. Bluechew.com. That's like the color blue, bluechew.com, brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, or even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as the pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Ooh, I see what you did there. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. So no in-person doctor visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They made this in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than the pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit bluechew.com and get your first shipment free. That's right, free when you use our promo code Locked on. Just pay the $5 shipping. Again, that's bluechew.com. B-L-U-E chew.com. Promo code locked on. Go there to try it for free. Blue Chew is a better, cheaper, faster choice. And we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. And with all that good stuff out of the way, let's get to our interview with Brian Peacock from Locked On 49ers. The suns rise in Orlando, but their playoff hopes set in the West. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. Despite finishing a perfect 8-0 in the NBA bubble, the Phoenix Suns are leaving without a playoff berth. Check out Locked On Suns today for a post-mortem on an amazing run by Devin Booker and company. That's all thanks to tiebreakers and a Karis LeVert jumper that rimmed out, giving the Portland Trailblazers a win and a meeting with the Memphis Grizzlies in a play-in series for the Western Conference 8th seed. That begins on Saturday. Beginning today, all of the Locked On NBA playoff teams will be previewing the playoffs with special crossover shows. Scout your team and your opponent on the Locked On Podcast Network. Local experts on the biggest stories, it's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Vinny Iyer, host of Locked On Fantasy Football with your Locked On Fantasy Football Edge of the Day. Tight end is a prime position for finding fantasy football sleeper value in 2020. After George Kittle and Travis Kelsey go off the board early, don't worry, you can wait and still get some great return for a starter at the position. The two prime targets both have HH for initials, the Chargers Hunter Henry and the Falcons Hayden Hurst. A healthy Henry can have a monster downfield receiving season for new QB Tyrod Taylor and carries high TD upside. As for Hurst, he's stepping right into the productive spot vacated by Austin Hooper in Atlanta as key support to Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, and Calvin Ridley. Trust in Henry a little earlier and Hurst a little later to give you some pleasing tight end one results. Get the edge in your fantasy football league every day by listening to Locked On Fantasy Football on your preferred podcast provider. Rams Nation and Niners Nation, welcome. This is the Tuesday edition of Locked On Rams and Locked On 49ers. We're doing a crossover yes. today. I am Bear Motter and I host Locked On Rams and Rams Podcast. I'm joined today by Brian Peacock of Locked On 49ers. Brian, how you doing today, bud? I'm doing fantastic, man. How are you? It's always fun to do these Locked On crossover episodes. Yes, especially in the NFC West as we're getting closer and closer to season and you guys are getting 
more and more hype, stronger on the roster, and it's starting to get even more interesting. So these, uh, as we get closer to the season, are just getting even better and better to do. Absolutely, and these are two of the hottest teams in the NFL, and so uh, a lot of high expectations and high hopes coming in. So I think you and I together today can kind of uh, maybe confirm or squash some expectations maybe and, and see how we feel about these teams coming into year two with their respective new regimes in place. Definitely excited for, like you said, expectations. It's crazy how you start to build these up during the offseason. People make moves. You see, uh, you know, in your guys' sake, you finish so strong. In our sake, we really had, you know, a strong year until we got to the playoffs. Uh, so then that year two coming in, you know, obviously with with us having Sean McVay and, you know, Jared Goff second year in the system. And for you guys, Kyle Shanahan and Lynch, that organization getting into year two and and really just giving the keys to Garoppolo. And now those keys, he can buy a Ferrari with the money that you guys paid him and, and almost a Ferrari for everyone on the team. So mm-hmm. a lot of expectations, a lot of hype. And, you know, we're just kind of cruising through OTAs and ready for uh, training camp. But really quickly. Uh, your thoughts on kind of where, you know, your organization stands with Shanahan and Lynch coming into year two. Yeah, I'm blown away actually by how, and I knew locally that people would be super excited. And the 49ers obviously won five straight games once Jimmy Garoppolo came in, even though they started the season 0-9 and were only 1-10 when Jimmy Garoppolo took over. So it's pretty amazing how much right. of an impact one player can make, especially when it's a, a good quarterback is dropped right into a team. And I don't know if we've ever seen that. I can't think of a time in NFL history where you dropped a very good quarterback on a bad team and all of a sudden they went undefeated. Like that that's insane. And I think you can't overstate how important that position is because not only did the team play better, but every position group offensively and defensively were better. Whether you're just the eye- eyeball test or watching them play or PFF grades, it's insane how much better the offensive line was when Jimmy Garoppolo was in there. The receivers and he wasn't even uh, the his number one wide receiver, Pierre Garcon, wasn't even there last year. So uh, that'll be a big boost for Jimmy Garoppolo to have him to throw to in year two. And on the defensive side of the ball, just everybody played better. And it was pretty amazing to see that happen. And um, I don't know if we've ever seen anything like that. And I think that's where most of the excitement comes from. And then adding a few pieces as well this offseason to go with that uh, crazy finish for the season. And now 49ers fans are really hyped for the playoffs. Yeah, it's crazy. Like you mentioned, to go 0-9 to start, you know, the beginning of last year. And now here we are uh, before the season starts. And, you know, there's playoff expectations. And that's how fast uh, one player with a dynamic impact on the team like you just mentioned from top to bottom whether it was uh you know on the offensive line or the passing game or even just the leadership I and mean, there's a fun video the nfl put out near the, the end of the year where it kind of showed him and i think it was a two-minute drill and kind of hyping up yes. the team and getting everyone going and you know I'm, I'm part of the rivals over here but i saw something special you're like ah, oh, that, that's he's got they've got a good quarterback and you could see that but <laughs> uh you know for for us in the, in the nfc west especially the rams who who tried so hard to finally overtake the Seahawks. They're not going to give it up easy, and they're going to put up a big fight, which I think we talked about at the beginning of the show. It just makes this so exciting. Um, Looking at how you guys hit the draft this year, um, everyone kind of gave great grades all across the NFC West. I think the Seahawks kind of fell near the bottom with, you know, reaching for that running back um, in the first round. But your thoughts and and your feel on uh, the Niners draft this year? You know, there were some some surprising picks. It wasn't a situation where they really had that one selection where you saw a player dropping and you thought, oh, man, that was insane value. It was actually the opposite, where maybe they drafted players that were a little bit higher than maybe the consensus draft media thought those players would go. 
But then when you start to look at it through the lens of the 49ers and uh, and Kyle Shanahan specifically in the the specific types of players that they like and they want to use in, in the system, both offensively and defensively, then you start to see, OK, now this makes a ton of sense because at first the 49ers draft Mike McGlinchey in the first round and trade away Trent Brown and Trent Brown, one of the better pass blocking offensive tackles in the league, especially right tackles. And you're thinking, OK, you just created a hole to fill with your first round pick. And now you're moving on to the second round and you didn't even have that need coming into the draft. And then you look at it like, OK, wait a second. Trent Brown was in the last year of his contract, obviously a player that the, the 49ers weren't going to re-sign and didn't want to bring back because he's just not a very good fit in the system, especially as a run blocker, just because he's too big and, and he can't move. And and that's not what Kyle Shanahan wants on his offense. So when you look at it that way, you're like, OK, maybe it's a huge upgrade in the running game, which was a big problem last year along the offensive line. And then Joe Staley, who's not the youngest guy anymore, two years left on his contract. So offensive tackle could have been this very large need down the road and so they kind of got in front of that need and got the best offensive tackle in the drafts so when you look at it that way you think okay and then with Dante Pettis the second round wide receiver and even the seventh rounder in Richie James who I really like for the 49ers uh, those players really fit what we've seen Kyle Shanahan bring in and he likes guys who can separate that that's his number one thing and he doesn't care about size as much uh, he wants speed and he wants most of all the ability to separate both those guys have crazy quicks just like the fifth round draft pick Trent Taylor did who was um, a wizard in the slot for the 49ers especially on third downs as a rookie last year and so that's what he wants he wants guys that can separate who maybe play big who are tough who will catch the ball and make plays after the catch and uh, so when you look at it that way uh, that's exactly the type of players that the 49ers brought in. So system fits, even if maybe it wasn't a wow draft when you consider where these players were ranked versus big draft media and, and their boards. Yeah, and I agree. Um, some, you know, those things where you get, when you start picking linemen, no one's like, oh, I'm so excited for that offensive yeah. lineman. And, <laughs> you know, unless you're getting them, you know, top three and, and they're saying this is a franchise guy and you, you hear all the hype, but. When you start picking linemen, people are like, oh, okay, I, can see, I understand it. But, you know, it's tough to really get excited. But um, you mentioned Dante Pettis and, uh, you know, just another weapon for Jimmy G. And you, you talked about his speed and he's a great route runner. He was someone that we talked about on Locked on Rams that, you know, we said if he could slide somewhere and we we're looking to, you know, find a best player and maybe another weapon for us. And, you know, even before we kind of made that big trade for Cooks and we were thinking to add another wide receiver there, someone we talked mm -hmm. about kind of has, you know, in my mind, I think he can really fit in and do what Cooper Cup did for us this last year, but with, a, with an extra notch on the speed um, meter. So big fan of him. I think he's going to be a big weapon for uh, Jimmy G if he can get into the system and understand it and, and uh, you know, just do what he's asked to do, which is, you know, probably catch about, you know, 50 to 70 balls and, and just really break a couple of them. Obviously, you know, his, his days in college returning kicks, it's another thing. When you get them, it's just like, boom, you got a, a wide receiver and a kickoff and punt returner if you want it. So that was a great pick. You guys did a great job there. Um, Rams kind of did the same thing. You know, we did our first two picks were those offensive line guys that, you know, o overall, and you look in the long run, uh, Joe Noteboom is going to be probably, you know, a great addition, six foot five, 300 pounds. Uh, lots of strength. There's some some big upside there, and he gets to kind of mentor behind Andrew Whitworth. We filled in a center. You know, we we don't know how long uh, Sullivan's going to be around. So we really started with you know building out that roster. They felt good about where the defense was at, and you know we've got the right pieces in, in the weapons position, so they felt good there. And then we just start adding defensive guys, whether it's on the line or edge, 
couple guys that we're excited about over here is Mike Kaiser, linebacker. And then, you know, one of our favorite is Obezi Obo out of uh, Oklahoma. Yeah, out of Oklahoma. So he was one of my favorites as well. I was really bummed when I saw him go off the board because I thought he'd be an awesome fit for the 49ers at their strong side linebacker spot, which is essentially a 3-4 outside linebacker, which is what I assume the Rams drafted him to do. Uh, He was one of my favorite players in the draft, and I thought that was an absolute steal in the fifth round. So I was bummed when I saw him go off the board and kind of double bummed when I saw that he went to the Rams. (laughs) Exactly. And you know, we were we were bummed as the fourth round and we gave up our fourth. You know, we, we ended up picking our fourth round guy and uh, it wasn't him. And everyone's going, man, I thought that was where we were going to make that move. And, you know, that's what's crazy about the NFL is, you know, these guys, act, they know what they're doing. You know, they, we went down an extra round and we still got the guy that we wanted, which was exciting. So um, and then we finally got to get a little excitement in the sixth round as we picked up John Kelly running back, who hopefully will, uh, you know, see some snaps and work into offense. Uh, they do. A behind the grind. I don't know if you had a chance to see it at all, but it's the Rams version of the Hard Knocks uh, leading up right yes. now, and uh, they just kind of did a little uh, look into him and what he's doing in his off-season training and what he's expecting, you know, as far as coming into the league, and and then some cool quotes from Sean McVay, kind of hyping him up and said, "Hey, if he can do it, what we think we can do, we're going to try to find a way to give him the ball." So we'll see if we can get these rookies to have an impact uh, either on both sides of the ball, but uh, it definitely adds to. Um, you know, the story that we've been kind of preaching since the beginning, these teams getting better and better from, you know, the end of the season last year till, you know, here we enter uh, training camp. I do want to talk about another guy that you guys added uh, pre-draft and stayed in the NFC West, and it's Richard Sherman, obviously coming off that big Achilles injury. Kind of wanted to hear your thoughts really quick. I know you've probably talked about it a lot on, on Lockdown 49ers, but for our our Rams fans over here, your thoughts quickly on, you know, Richard Sherman and what, what to really expect from him and, and kind of how that role is going to go with the Niners. With Richard Sherman right now, I think the biggest question mark is when he's going to actually get on the field because he's still recovering from those Achilles injuries that he had in Seattle. And right now, uh, Richard Sherman is basically the highest paid defensive backs coach in the league because that's the role he's taken on early. And there's a lot of young defensive backs on the 49ers roster. And so he's been all reports are he's awesome with the young guys and he's been coaching them up and been a coach on the field and helping them. And then if he comes back and resembles anything that you used to see from him as a cornerback like he was in Seattle, uh, he's obviously the prototype for this defensive scheme that Robert Sala learned in Seattle. Um, so and I think actually. Richard Sherman's been in the scheme longer than the defensive coordinator, Robert Sala. So uh, that tells you what kind of player he is and how well he knows the scheme. So if he's able to get on the field and um, and resemble the guy he used to be, I think 49ers fans are going to be super excited about Richard Sherman. And I'm, I'm actually surprised how quickly... 49ers fans were okay with it. I think it was massive shock for both Rams or both us Seahawks and 49ers fans when the 49ers picked up Richard Sherman and it was sort of a collective gulp. Uh, but very quickly, people got on board, and uh, everyone's all about Richard Sherman now, and so that's been uh, mind-blowing. I, I think if you told people even six months ago, say, hey, how do you feel about Richard Sherman on the Niners? It would be an emphatic no, no way. <laughs> and so people are on board now. It, it's crazy. So right now he's a coach on the field, and hopefully he resembles the player he used to be at some point. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that because I was curious about that, obviously with that whole – you know, Crabtree beef and the playoffs and how that ended and just kind of the loud mouth. And, you know, when you lose to a guy like that, they're just instantly, you know, the builds that hate. It's kind of like I almost put the, the <laughs> NBA version of if anyone added Draymond Green to their team right now, everyone would right. be like, ugh, ugh, ugh. But um, that's a, you know, that, 
that's a great comparison. He is basically, yeah, Draymond Green is basically what uh, Richard Sherman was for 49ers fans, if, if the 49ers fans were Cavs fans back then. And you know what's funny with the, you mentioned the Crabtree and Richard Sherman thing. If you pulled 49ers fans right now, uh, which player do you like better, Michael Crabtree or Richard Sherman? It would be overwhelmingly on the Richard Sherman side, and that's just unthinkable when you think back to 2013. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And that's what you got to love about sports. Uh, you know, it all can change in a heartbeat depending on what your team needs for you to support. So um, that's kind of exciting. Real, And then just kind of cap off this, are we expecting him to be ready for week one, or is it still your expectations of I'd be happy if he was playing by week fill-in-the-blank? I think the expectation right now is that they're not going to push him in the offseason program. He's a veteran. He knows what he's doing. And they're hoping to have him back sometime in camp and be ready to go by the regular season. Uh, if you ask him, and this is pretty typical of most players, is he thinks he's way ahead of schedule and he thinks he'll be ready to get out there. Uh, we'll see if that actually happens. But I expect you know, sometime in camp, preseason, he'll get out there and get some reps. And then uh, the plan is to have him ready for week one. But right now it's kind of still up in the air because you really don't know until he actually starts moving 100%. Yeah, exactly. We've got a couple guys right now that we're holding out um, as far as injuries go. Mark Barron's one of them. Obo, who we just picked up, we're kind of we're shelving him until uh, training camp comes around. Obviously, we still haven't locked in Aaron Donald. I don't think the the worry meter, as we've been talking here on Lockdown Rams, is still really really low until we get into that actual training camp, and he's still not there. So you know, we got a break coming up here. They still got some time to get some. Some deals done. LaMarcus Joyner kind of reports came out today that he said that he hasn't even had talks about an extension, so most likely he'll sign his franchise tag and they'll look to solve that uh, problem as far as money goes next year when we got, it seems like half our team's coming up to get paid next year. Thankfully, we have over $100 million, but uh, they're going to have to have back-to-back years out here in L.A. of getting creative with the salary cap uh, as far as fitting guys in. Uh, speaking with salary cap and fitting guys in, I saw something today um, that T.O. was out there tweeting with uh, John Lynch trying to get a contract back with the 49ers, said he would take <laughs> a league minimum and said, let's make it happen. Uh, thoughts on that? Uh, is, can we bite into any of this? I mean, he's been working out with pros and he's been putting up these videos saying he's kind of trying to get back in shape. He's on the cover of Madden. What's going on? Yeah, T.O. is a crazy person. <laughs> he's borderline insane. Yeah, uh, there's zero chance he's going to sign with the 49ers and probably any other team, uh, even if he is willing to take the minimum, is my guess. Um, and actually, 49ers fans are kind of mad at T.O. right now because apparently he lobbied to have that Cowboys jersey on with that Madden cover and not a 49ers jersey. Ah, so, yes. um, yeah, and then same with same with uh, Des Bryant coming to the 49ers. There was some smoke there. I think the 49ers are higher on their own receiving core than just about anybody else in the league. And a lot of pundits don't really know what to think about the 49ers wide receivers. And I think the 49ers are, are totally fine there. I think they fully believe in what they have and they're not worried about bringing another guy in. And so um, that's one unit that I think most people around the league might not know a lot about with the 49ers, but the 49ers are totally fine there. And I'd be surprised if they brought in any big names there um, really. Yeah. To compete at all, because I think they're, they're totally set. They they love Pierre Garcon as the number one. They like Marquise Goodwin speed on the other side. And then you have uh, Trent Taylor in the slot. Who's that prototype, you know, small, quick, tough, 
inside wide receiver. And then you have Dante Pettis, who's going to compete and probably back up maybe all three of those positions. And then a guy asleep not to forget about is Richie James, who I still love uh, the seventh round pick out of middle Tennessee. So yeah, I think the 49ers wide receiving core is fine. And I'd be very surprised if they added any of those guys. Um, well, one thing I want to ask you, Brad, about the Rams draft is uh, I guess you have to consider that Brandon Cooks was one of their draft picks, right? Because they spent a first round pick trading for him. And I saw a clip on and it might have been part of that uh, behind the grind thing, which I guess is, yeah, the 49ers have the same version of that, which is called brick by brick, which uh, I, one of the fans uh, on my Twitter called it soft knocks instead of hard knocks <laughs> because the team kind of controls it. And I thought that was uh, pretty good. But um, yeah, I saw Sean McVay really excited about Brandon Cook's speed. Has there been some uh, some early returns there where people are excited about what Brandon Cooks could bring to the offense? Yeah, I think really what happened when we when we let Sammy Watkins walk and sign somewhere else, uh, there was kind of this, you know, not an oh no, but like, but we finally had that big number one wide receiver, even if you know, he scored eight touchdowns, but the, the stats and his just the impact that he had really didn't get people as excited as we really wanted to. But at the same time, they're like, but the potential and getting better and he still had eight touchdowns. And so when, he, when we left, it was kind of like, oh, gosh, how, how do we fill this? And then we talked about the draft and, you know, are we going to try to move back in? Uh, you know, we were finally in the first round, but we're going to try to, you know, move some picks around and, and get a wide receiver. But there wasn't anyone super exciting near the top. So uh, when they went and made that trade. Uh, you got a lot of people that said, oh, we, you know, we're giving up another first round, but I loved it. You know, you go get a guy that's four years in a row, 1,000 yards, uh, seven-plus touchdowns. He's got great speed. He's a great route runner. Just came from, you know, hanging out with Bill Belichick and running with Tom Brady. So, you know, he's a, he's a smart football guy. And then getting to know him on some of the media that they've put out, uh, very humble, hardworking, come from, you know, a, a tough upbringing where, you know, he was highly motivated to, you know, to come out and, and perform and do well. So, Everything that we're seeing so far, we're loving. And then, yeah, when you get Sean McVay excited, you get all of Rams Nation excited. And that video clip was pretty cool of him just walking around and talking to anybody about how fast Brandon Cooks was. And anyone <laughs> that would listen to him, it was like, you know, you just, you just get so excited about how excited he got. So um, that was super fun to watch. And, and as they post more and more videos, I know it's just OTAs and no one's guarding them. But, you know, some of the catches you're seeing coming out in the speed and, and getting to see Jared Goff really throw that deep ball. And one of the big things with Watkins last year was they, I think they only connected on one deep ball over 30 or 40 yards or something like that. So we know Jared Goff can throw the ball down the field. It's just the chemistry didn't seem to quite get there. And I think everyone's kind of hoping that it's going to click a little bit faster than it did last year. And um, that's going to also come into with Sean McVay working them into the system because there were times where you know, we had so many, We felt like we had so many weapons, we'd, we'd kind of go, well, it doesn't seem like Sean's trying to get him into the offense. And I, I, it's going to be interesting to see kind of how that develops as the season starts. Because right now there's extremely high expectations and excitement. Uh, when they had the number one draft pick, uh, the team played a highlight video of him and said, you know, this is our number one draft pick. So the organization is embracing him as, you know, a number one draft pick. I love it when I heard him t say, you know, this is his third time being drafted in the first round. You know, so he got traded twice <laughs> as a first rounder and then obviously picked in the first round. So not many people can say I'm a, I'm a three-time first round <laughs> player, but uh, Brandon Cooks is, and we're really excited about him out here. Yeah, that's a pretty unique situation for Brandon Cooks to be in, to be someone who teams were willing to move on from but still have the value of a first round pick, which, which doesn't happen very often. You mentioned Sean McVay there, and I wanted to ask you, by the way, this is Brian Peacock of Locked On 49ers. I'm here with Brad Bearmotter of Locked On Rams, a little 
49ers rammed Rams crossover episode of on your locked on podcast network. So Sean McVay, uh, man, and he's just like amped up all the time. And, and you see him go, and you mentioned that clip where he's talking about Brandon Cooks, and he's going around and talking to everybody. Do you get the the feeling that sometimes Sean McVay, is it is he getting everybody super excited because how amped up he is all the time? Or do you think some like grizzled old coaches or veterans or just sometimes maybe his wife at home is like, hey, Sean, will you calm down for a second? Maybe go in the other room or something and give me a minute to breathe because he's just jacked up all the time. Yeah, you know, I've said it that I could, you know, I could listen to Sean McVay read me a cheesecake uh, food menu and just get excited about it. And I'd be like, I want everything that you just read me. Um, It doesn't really matter what he's talking about. You're right. He's got that enthusiasm. And that's what was crazy. This team watching us on Hard Knocks with Jeff Fisher and, you know, that ending of him being fired and finishing the last few games. It's just, we, we just looked beaten up. We were drained. We had no energy left. We had, you know, Todd Gurley was running two yards straight into the back of a lineman with his head down and, and just didn't have, you know, didn't have that juice that we knew he did. And in that one year coming in and just having that energy and that spark. And the great thing is I think everyone's buying in. You just see people around kind of watching him and being, you know, getting giddy with his excitement. So um, and that's, I think that's a big part of this team. Obviously you're putting in, you know, adding the right players and, you know, adding Wade Phillips on the defense and, you know, really tweaking things to fit both of their schemes. But, um, yeah, like I said, it, Sean McVay could talk about anything and he would have me with, with silent attention, taking notes and just in, with a giddy smile on my face. He's one of those excitable people. And I think that's what we're really excited here in, in the Rams organization is that it wasn't just. Uh, it all happened to work out. It's like, no, you see what's going into it and, and who's buying in. And in the NFL, when you hear about locker rooms and chemistry, that is a huge part, especially when you're in a transition. Uh, and for it to click so fast gives you such an, you know, um, that idea of what, where can we go with this? If we went from four wins and, you know, kind of a, a laughing stock in a sense at that point uh, to all of a sudden, you know, 11 wins and a playoff appearance at home, you know, where's year two, three, and four take us? And I think that's where Rams Nation really gets excited about Sean McVay. And I think there's a lot of similar things about Kyle Shanahan and, and the new regime that's in place in San Francisco that there's a lot of excitement there. And even though the wins and losses weren't there right away like it was for the Rams, I think that the way they ended the season and just the culture of the locker room and guys like Joe Staley who have been through a dozen head coaches just about in his career was said he's rejuvenated by Kyle Shanahan and uh, and the new players and the new system and, and every everything that's going on down there. So I, I think that's a pretty big factor in this is is how the vibe feels and how excited everybody is and how fresh it is. And you hope that coaches like this and their young coaches, man, they could they could keep this going. I mean, this Rams 49ers thing could be crazy crazy for a long time because these are young coaches. They're both super smart, great offensive minds. If they can keep that edge and, and keep things fresh and keep the locker rooms excited and the fans excited, this thing could go down for a long time. And I want to talk more about uh, how that's going to look in the NFC West and the NFC long-term with these two teams. But real quick, just to clarify, you mentioned Aaron Donald just a bit ago. Uh, there's been people, <laughs> which is funny, a little bit of envy here. 49ers fans, I'll get some mailbag questions and they're like, Hey, uh, Aaron Donald, you know, contract, you know, isn't settled over there. What do you think? Maybe he ends up on the 49ers. And my, my answer is always like, yeah, no, that's not going to happen. Right. Can you confirm that? Like, like Aaron, there's no way the Rams are going to get away from Aaron Donald. Is there anything they did? They spent some money this off season. Did they really like paint themselves into a corner where they might actually have to move on from 
Aaron Donald at some point? No, I think I think there is zero danger of Rams letting him go. I think the only way that could happen is if, you know, somehow he gets a, a you know a butt dial from a phone and and somehow we say something crazy and you know some some weird drama comes out where we really screwed it up, right? Other than that, I think they're really just trying to get down to the last penny to figure out how they can get guys like Joiner signed and you know working to next year. Because as I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, we've got. I mean, it's something crazy. We've got like 20-something guys that are coming up uh, in the next year or two. And, you know, that includes uh, Tlaib and Peters, who we just got, Todd Gurley, um, Goff, you know, Woods, all these guys that we did kind of short-term deals with um, that are big pieces of what we're going to do. And then Joyner, obviously, as I mentioned, that, you know, we put the franchise tag on. So I think they're really just trying to redo their math and do it over again and make sure that they have every penny accounted for when it's coming to the roster, not only this year, but next year, there is no doubt in my mind that he will get a contract done before this season starts. And it's going to be ESPN sports center breaking news because it's probably going to be the biggest contract, uh, definitely on the defense side of the ball, but he's going to make a run at some of these quarterbacks. I think as far as wow money, because like you said, you just can't let this go. If we let him go, the fan base, we would have a lot more Chargers fans in LA really quickly if we somehow <laughs> let let the greatest defensive player go over to you know the 49ers or anywhere in any other team. So I'm at a zero percent danger in my mind right now. But this is the NFL. That's what makes it exciting. You know, on any given Sunday and really on any given day in the off season, anything can change. So I'm putting all my positive energy towards we're getting this deal done. And you know, it's not my money, but I'm willing to spend it right now. So. We'll see how that how that breaks out, but um, if they do it right, which I think everyone in Rams Nation thinks they're going to and really is hoping they're going to, is that they don't even play around with this when it comes to training camp. And if anything, maybe a week into training camp, but you got to get it done because he missed all of training camp last year. He missed uh, the first game and came back, and I think the first game he had like 10 pressures on the quarterback. It was I mean, it, you didn't really hurt him too much, but as far as the team goes and chemistry and that type of stuff that we talk about, we want him there. We want him hanging out with the boys and getting used to the new guys that are behind him and, and playing with Indomitian and Sue and that, that type of stuff. So those type of things that you really want him in there for, and I know the Rams do too. So um, for those Niner fans holding their breath, you know, they better, they better release that and, and start looking elsewhere for line help because I don't think it's coming from Aaron Donald. Yeah, that's the way I think about it. It's not <laughs> happening until maybe it happens. But yeah, no, exactly, it's, it's exactly, not happening. exactly. I mean, we thought um, about that with Sue. No way it's going to happen until it happens. Right, exactly. Uh, so real quick, we got a couple minutes uh, looking at the NFC. The NFC is stacked. That's the biggest thing I think that's going to keep the 49ers from maybe being able to make the playoffs, even if they are improving, is that there's a lot of good teams out there. And even looking at the NFC West now, with the quarterback situation, Jared Goff is legit, obviously. Jimmy Garoppolo uh, is the highest paid, or not anymore. He was the highest paid for a hot minute there, quarterback in the NFL. And he looks like the real deal for the 49ers. Obviously, Russell Wilson uh, is uh, going to keep the the Seattle Seahawks always in things, even if they have to rebuild around him. And then I, I love the move that the Arizona Cardinals made in the draft. They didn't have to give that much up to move up and get Josh Rosen. Uh, he was the fourth quarterback. I think he was better than the fourth quarterback in the draft, too. So, um where do you see the Rams fitting in all this 11 win team last year? If I'm not mistaken, can they even get better? Cause they added more talent. Yeah, that's, and that's, what's crazy about as we talk expectations this whole time is, you know, everyone in Rams nation is going, well, on paper, how do we lose a game? And you're like, well, it's the NFL. So anything, you know, I can give you 45 <laughs> examples. Uh, we can lose a game, 
But as you look at matchups and, you know, we last year and the year before we traveled like crazy. And I don't think, I think it's, uh, I think the farthest we go in the first like six, seven weeks is Denver. And then we go down to Mexico City. So we, we stay relatively close. I think that's going to be, be a big, huge help for us. We stayed healthy. That's going to be important. Um, but as you mentioned, the quarterbacks looking around the league, that's what's crazy about Russell Wilson up there in Seattle is, um, you know, he doesn't even need to have the best team around him. He is one of those competitors that if you give him a chance near the end of the game and he's got the ball, he's going to get a couple wins. So I still see them making a push for it. I think it's going to definitely fall short. If, if my expectations and your expectations are correct, on the 49ers, I think they're going to, you know, battle pretty hard with them. And, and, you know, I could see the Niners, you know, going up there and, and stealing a win in Seattle and, and protecting the home. And uh, Arizona, with what they've done, the only thing that I would be critical on them is they gave Bradford $20 million for one year. And I'm thinking, <laughs> listen, I don't mind the, the Bradford pickup. I think that's fine. I think when healthy, you've got a great quarterback, and it makes that an interesting, you know, draft pick with Rosen as far as, you know, he's obviously a very competitive guy if you, you know, listen to the press conferences alone. So you know he's going to be biting at the heels to try to get in to be a starter. Um, so that's an interesting one-two combo of, you know, if Bradford's healthy, that could be a good quarterback right there. Uh, if their defense can turn around and really put it together. But this division, you're right. It went from, you know, the Niners and the Cardinals, who were kind of an afterthought as far as last year uh, goes with records. Now you've got re-excitement about the quarterback down in Arizona. I don't expect them to make a big push up for the division, but I do expect them to fight a little bit harder and win a few more games. And then, you know, you guys with, with Jimmy G, he's shown that he can handle everything that's going on. And you mentioned it with the Kyle Shanahan and, and Lynch turnaround and going into year two. It's like they built that base and then they finally got their guy that they can complete the puzzle with and things started to, you know, grow so fast in the last five games. And then, you know, us with Goff and, and Russell. So it's going to be tough. I mean, it's hard for me not to put us back at the top saying, you know, what we did last year, the, the pieces that we added on defense alone, and then locking in that offense with, you know, Brandon Cooks and, and then, you know, Sean McVay and Jared Goff in year two of their development. It's hard for me to put them anywhere but the top. I think we're pretty safe with my, with my guess as far as being, again, right around that 11, 11 maybe 12 is that they get the one game improvement. But it's tough to go win that many football games. I think we won seven or eight games on the road last year, something crazy like that, and you can't expect that all the time. So um, that's going to be the tough thing. I think it's going to be uh, Niners, Seahawks really fighting for that second position and possibly one of those really exciting games near the end where you know we've got three teams left and we're all within a game and we all play each other near the end. So I think that's what the NFL is hoping for, and I think that's really a, a realistic thing that can happen. So uh, I got Rams on top. I would probably lean towards uh, Niners as two just because of Jimmy G and, and the pieces he has around him compared to Russell Wilson and having, you know, basically the grocery guy as, as his offensive line. So, um, and then the Cardinals just got a long way to go. Uh, and if it's Rosen, he's got to develop as well. So that's how I see it fitting out. But the great thing about football in this division, especially as you mentioned, as everyone's getting better, uh, we saw it last year. It only takes a year to turn around really fast. So, uh, you know, that could be all backwards you know, when we come and talk, you know, week 17. Absolutely. It turns around quickly and looking ahead at the schedule this season. And, and we're definitely gonna be talking and doing crossover episodes before uh, the 49ers and Rams play in the regular season. I'm looking at the schedule right now, week 17 in Los Angeles, 49ers and Rams Woo. could definitely be some playoff implications. So uh, looking forward to this season. It's going to be a fun one. 
Yes, that will be a great one to great one to do. And you know what? I mean, that's not a far far trip down. We might have to get you down here in LA and do a, a live crossover from the wow. stadium if that if it's for the division. Maybe we'll put something a little special and we'll do some uh, we'll do some fun bets. Uh, I'm a, I'm known to be a better. So if you ever think you got anything creative, you want to go player for player, we've done it with uh, some of our Seahawks podcasts in the past. So I am I am very high on my team and. Uh, obviously, I told you before we started the podcast, I've been to Vegas twice in a couple of weeks. So, you know, I've got a gambling spirit in my heart. Uh, think up a couple ones. We'll get our, our, uh, our Twitter nation fall behind us. Again, guys, you can find me at, at LA underscore Rambling Bear and then at Locked on Rams. Brian, where can they find you on Twitter? I'm on Twitter at BD Peacock. And of course, LockedOn49ers.com is the place to go for uh, anybody looking for all the content we put up there on the web and all the podcasts. Awesome. Thanks so much for this crossover. Uh, Like you mentioned, we'll be talking a couple more times throughout the season. Uh, Guys, appreciate it. Always go give us a follow. Reach out to us if you have any questions, comments, concerns. Hit us up. We'll be more than happy to uh, share our thoughts on it. Brian, appreciate it again. You have a great day, and uh, we'll talk soon, bud. Absolutely. Thanks, man. Always fun. And hey, looking forward to it. Week 17, December 30th, maybe I could spend my New Year's down there in L.A. and come see uh, the 49ers Rams. That's, that's a great idea by you. Let, let's, let's keep thinking about that one. All right, I'm in. Hey, Locked On listeners. You already love our network of NFL shows, so why go anywhere else for the fantasy football information you need to know for the 2020 season? You just need to check out Locked On Fantasy Football, hosted by me, Vinny Iyer. We're counting down to the season by breaking down players and teams every day. It's no-nonsense, straight-to-the-point, smart fantasy football analysis that has only two goals in mind helping you dominate your drafts and win your league championship. That's Locked On Fantasy Football, only on the Locked On Network.